Hey everyone, Mike Davis here. I got a question. Who are you? No, really, we know that somewhere in the world you've listened to this podcast, but we really don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. So if you have two minutes, and I'm telling you, it really just takes two minutes, help us make the Dale Jr. Download an even better experience for you by telling us just a little bit about yourself. All you have to do, go to ListenerQ, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash Dale, and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. That's two minutes. That's all it takes. ListenerQ.com slash Dale. That's ListenerQ.com slash Dale. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. We got a special edition of the Dale Jr. Download, man, the December edition. I got my co-host Mike Davis here. Hello. We got our guest here. You know, you know, we don't invite just anybody off the street. All right. You know, it's got to be somebody that carries our weight a little bit. Especially we're going to do like a one-off for the uh, month of December. you got to have big guests, and I think we got a good one. This is, this is a treat. Yeah, so let's welcome in Jeff Gordon. Thank you. Well, treat for me, yeah. man. We've I, talked about this for a long time. I know you've wanted to be on the show for a long time. I'm glad you're here. This works out great. Fans are going to love this. we got a lot to talk about, so let's get started. circle all day long. It is an incredible day. Who knows what's in store for the future. Good and job. That's your show, everybody. Woo, yeah. man. All right. Take care. <laughs> Dillner with the intro. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. And, and it needs to be good because we got an awesome guest. Jeff, we got so much to unpack here. This is going to be a lot of fun for me. Well, I appreciate you taking me back. That takes me back to Vallejo, my upbringing. You know, a little, little hip-hop action yeah. there, a little beat. This is you. Gets this me in the mood. Just like don't, don't don't break dance. Like no, that no, 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 okay, I'm that. Yeah, yeah, no, my body doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> well, I, go ahead. Yeah, I don't even know where to get started. So the first time I heard your name, uh, I was watching. There was a great show called Thursday Night Thunder. Yes, and uh, they would show traditionally uh, the races at IRP, uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park, and sprint uh, sprint cars on asphalt. It was an incredible show, and uh, I know that a lot of people in our world, in the stock car world, watched it, but that's where the, that's the first time I ever saw you. And I know that you've been racing forever, but I, I've always been kind of curious. Back then, uh, it was traditional for most of those guys that ran sprint cars to go into open wheel, mm-hmm. and you went into stock cars. Now, how does that happen? How does that conversation happen, or is like, was there a point where you had to make a decision? Or was stock cars always the path? Yeah, it's so interesting that, uh, being you know here with you on this subject right now because this 
Hall of Fame thing is is around the corner in uh, in, in February. And so, you know, when you start thinking about Hall of Fame and having to give that dreaded speech mm. <laughs> at the Hall of Fame and I start sweating thinking about it right now, it, 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 but it takes me back and, and, and I start following the path of the key moments in my life, my career that got me to NASCAR. And, and Thursday Night Thunder was one of them. And, and you wouldn't have traditionally thought that that would have been the path. And I can tell you, that was not my intention at all. I mean, I, I don't want to go too far back, but we moved to Indiana. My stepfather and my mom moved to Indiana because I was racing sprint cars. I was racing them at a young age. And Indiana, Ohio was pretty cool and open to letting a young kid like myself. And there was a couple others that, that were racing. And, and all of a sudden, it became my life, man. I was, all I wanted to do was race these cars. And, and that was when I started racing professionally where you go to the pay window, they give you a few hundred bucks if, if you did okay, you know. But you have to understand, so it's funny you mention this because I wasn't thinking NASCAR at all. Actually, I was thinking World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. I wanted to be a World of Outlaw Sprint really? Car driver. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, my heroes were, were um, Steve Kinzer and Doug Wolfgang. And, and I got to race with those guys when I was, like, 14. It was insane. Um, but I realized, and I was, you know, kind of a scrawny kid. I realized that, mm, I don't know if I'm going to be a professional World of Outlaw driver. I could be a good sprint car driver, talking about the wing and stuff like that. Because physically, man, those cars were tough. Mm. And so there's a few races, you know, where I was fast and I fell out of the seat a little bit. And I just was like, man, I'm going to have to step up my game here big time. And and I never was, I, maybe once or twice I was in the kind of equipment that I thought was competitive with those guys. And I finished top two or three in a couple World of Outlaw races at tracks that I knew really, really well. So anyway, I get this ride with this awesome team that I'm like, this is my break, man. This is going to do it. And I don't know if I just felt the pressure, if I just didn't have what it took, but I started wrecking the hell out of this thing and costing this car owner a lot of money. It was a big operation, and we were racing All-Star in, in, in World of Outlaws. And so I, I guess I was probably seven, 16, 17. I, I knew I was still in high school at this time, and I got fired. And, and it just so happened right after I got fired, somebody, uh, uh, my, my stepdad, who was in, in the racing business, um, and he said, Listen, Bob East, this guy that builds midgets, he he's, he wants you to get in one of his midgets. And, and he's got this guy he wants you to meet, and you might be able to get a ride, uh, but it would probably be on pavement. And I'm like, pavement, man, all I've ever <laughs> done was dirt. I don't know pavement at all. And it was, uh, so so we anyway, went to this race, met this guy. He had just fired his driver. I was looking for a job, and, and, he, and he was getting this new Beast chassis. And the next thing I know... I'm getting asked to drive the car, put my seat in it. And in May, we go to what was the night before the 500, which was a big midget race at IRP. And it was live on ESPN. And I went, new track record, won my heat race, won the mm. race, just dominated. And this is what you're talking about. This is where you yeah. noticed him? Yeah. In those Thursday nights? And then that turned into a weekly. It was a weekly. Uh, that was actually the RC Cola one. And then the year after that was, was the, the white diet Pepsi yeah, car. And we right. just, we won everything. Yeah. And everything. He did. And and I remember so so there's a guy named Larry Newber that I'm sure you're familiar with that used to broadcast uh, your dad's races for ESPN uh, in the booth and he was you know kind of he, he didn't do a lot of stuff with that at that this time but he did do these Thursday Night Thunder and Saturday Night Thunder which it turned into races and he loved NASCAR and and so he was trying to help me get my foot in the door some IndyCar uh, teams but man it was like 
Where's the money? Where's the uh, money? We're not hiring American dirt track drivers right now. We're hiring people from South America, people from Europe who are road racers. And I think my dreams of being an IndyCar driver got crushed around that time because it, it really was no doors opening up wow. for a guy unless he's bringing a bunch of money. And so because of that, Larry said, well, only thing I know to do is knock some doors down in North Carolina for, for NASCAR. And of all things, I still, this blows my mind. And I know this is, we're getting way off track. You're getting too deep into the, the weeds on this one, but you know, nobody gets an and anything going for them if they went to Buck Baker Driving School or one of these Richard Petty Driving <laughs> this Schools. This is exactly the kind of weeds we like to get into yeah. on the <laughs> yeah, podcast. So, so I go down there that Larry set up through ESPN. They brought some cameras and said, okay, we're going to film Jeff taking this school and, and pursuing NASCAR. Okay. I hadn't met anybody. At I had not been to anybody and nothing. Right. I land in Charlotte, go to Rockingham, and I'm out there driving these school cars. Right? Like, man, this is cool. I like this track. I like to go fast. And the cars, even though they're school cars, you know, they got after a little bit better because it was a smaller track. And there's this guy with this Bush Grand National car making laps around there. I'm like, what's that? Now, he's not part of the school, separate. And whatever, somebody said, you know, Buck Baker, you know, Jeff Gordon, I meet Buck. I'm like, what's that? And he's, oh, that's, you know, this guy that's going to race some Bush Grand National races. You should meet him. Like, great. And all of a sudden, the next day, I show up, and Buck says, hey, he says it's okay if you want to drive his car. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Now, this guy, Hugh Connerty, which uh, we'll invite him to the Hall of Fame because this guy <laughs> meant a it. lot. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this, this is, the, is it right this here. This is that intersection okay, of life right here. <laughs> and, and now, I'm not going to put him down, but he's a larger man than I was. I was pretty scrawny. <laughs> and, and we had to stuff all these pillows. You know you know how it is. They Somebody gives you a ride. I had the seatbelts probably had a gap of about six inches on it. I didn't care. I was like, whatever yeah. it took to get in this car, because it was an actual real race car. Right. And uh, and I got in there and, and I hauled ass for, I don't know, 10, 15 laps or something like that. It wasn't much, just, just a few laps. Hauled ass. Got out of it. And everybody's like, oh man, you did really good. Really good. And Hugh came over to me. He goes, we need to talk. Mm. And I was like, okay. So he said, let's go to lunch. So go to lunch. And he goes, man, I do. I realized in that moment watching you go around the track, I don't belong in this car. You were second faster than I was. And and I, I, I probably need to do something a little different here. I'm having fun, <laughs> but I don't need to go race it. But I'm scheduled to do three races at the end of this year. Would you like to drive it? I'm like, hell yeah. I didn't know him, his car, nothing, but I'm crazy. like, yes, I do. I know, it's insane. And come to find out, that was Leo Jackson's son-in-law. And he knew Andy Petrie. Andy Petrie knew Ray Evernham, blah, 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 all this stuff. Steve Barkdahl was at his shop. And all of a sudden, I'm going to the test, my first test in Charlotte, just a few months after that. And Ray Evernham is the crew chief. Wow. So that's how insane that, that deal and this was. this is but the white... That's that white 67, 67 Outback, Outback Steakhouse car. car. Yeah. I so I wasn't really going to be a NASCAR driver or pursuing it. It just happened. happened. You yeah. went to school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it you go to school? I graduated. Yeah, yeah. you graduated. It's how, one of the few times I graduated. But how do you get the opportunity to go get in that car at Rockingham and not anybody else? Like, uh, I, Because we brought some TV cameras, I believe. You know, we had ESPN's backing because they wanted okay. to do a feature yeah. for Thursday Night Thunder or Saturday wow. Night Thunder, I think, at that time. You know, it was Thursday yeah. night, and then it moved to Saturday night, which was a mistake, in my opinion. But um, 
But but then uh, yeah, because we had the cameras, I think Buck, yeah. you know, so like, oh, you, yeah, with the cameras, come get in. <laughs> the I, car. There was one other race car driver, like a late model driver, that was there, and uh, I don't know for whatever reason, Buck, yeah. wow. singled me out. So you go to, I remember at Rockingham, you sat on either an outside pole or. Yeah, Dave Mater's on the pole. Yeah. I was oh, on yeah. the outside front row. <laughs> you guys, and <laughs> don't forget anything. <laughs> no, I forget a lot of <laughs> but not that one. Not, no, not <laughs> that <laughs> somebody wins the pole and you didn't. No, 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 no. That's just well, the thing is, is um, everybody, every, his name was recognizable from the Thursday Night Thunder. And then when it, he goes to Rockingham in that car that no, everybody knew that that wasn't a good car or that wasn't a top car. That was kind of a, a piecemealed effort. And he goes to the racetrack and sits on the outside pole. And that was a bit like, oh, man, this guy, this guy could be the deal. You know, there weren't a lot of surprises back then. You know, yeah. it was always the same old people. And yeah. so here's this new guy that wasn't a stock car racer. I don't even remember how – did you run all three of those races? Because I don't remember so, the other two. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember well, – well, You might not remember me and Rockingham after lap 23 I know. either. <laughs> he, ran, he ran good, though. He was in the top five. And uh, uh, I was so loose. I kept I kept telling him, we got to free the – I was. you know how Rockingham, yeah. you get real tight getting down the center one and two. So I kept going, free the car, free the car. Free. And I'm coming from open wheel cars right. running 40 lap races. And so, you know, we freed the car up and they dropped the green. This thing was crazy loose. And I held on to it for 23 yeah. laps and then I, I spun out. Um, so that actually wasn't the first race. The first race was, was actually at Charlotte. Yeah. We tested at Charlotte. And we were fast. We were really fast. And we went and qualifying got rained out. So they had that hooligan race. Remember yes. that thing? And in that race of all people, I chopped down on Randy Baker, <laughs> <laughs> who was one of my instructors, yes. Buck Baker. And uh, I don't want to say I spun myself or he spun me, but I wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> and so that ended that race weekend. And then we went to Rockingham outside front row. And then we went to Martinsville, I think think and blew up yeah yeah so that was it yeah so well, yeah it was my one shot and it opened up enough doors so that one what was it that got you that next opportunity with bill davis okay so yeah yeah i love all that i mean I, because i'm so reliving all this We're right now prepping you yes right thank you now, thank you yeah so all right so obviously some some things happened with my phone ringing with other sprint car and midget opportunities, even though I was in a good place there uh, with, with, with Raleigh Helming, the midget. Um, but I got this call one day and it was, hey, you need to call Lee Morse. And Lee Morse ran the Ford performance and auto racing part of, of, of Na- for, for the NASCAR. He said he might have an opportunity for you. And I'm like, cool. So I call Lee. And I get on the phone with him, and he goes, hey, um, you familiar with Bill Davis racing? I'm like, no. He goes, well, you remember that Carolina Ford dealer's car? Yes, Mm. I knew that car because that thing hauled ass with Mark Martin. And so he said there might be an opportunity there for you, but you got to go test in Rockingham. Now, this was – I did the race in October, and this was end of October, November, and he said you got to go test in in Rockingham in December. I'm like, I'm there. And so I went – there and of course the track was fast as can be because it's so cold and i hauled ass i mean i was just like <laughs> bah! and the car <laughs> drove amazing i always i knew after that you know the car didn't have much power which mark always you know made up for power his whole career but man did he have that thing flying through the corners so i guess i i did well enough in that where bill davis and so i met bill literally at that test at rockingham and and went and he Right after that said, yeah, man, 
we, we want to do this. And so he hired me for the for the next year to go run the full season in, in Bush Grand National. Luckily, uh, Mark was doing his own deal with Roush yeah. and that Winn-Dixie car. So that was why opened that, up that, that yeah. door opened up. You ran one or two years with Bill? I ran two. So, so uh, uh, 91 was my rookie season in 92 was when we had the baby Ruth car. And, I mean, we, we, we oh, were yeah. good that year. Yeah. Now, that was great. I think that that was one thing that I always appreciated about you is those two years in the Xfinity Series, what is uh, what was then the Bush Series, is you, you paid your dues. You had to earn that opportunity to get into Rick's car eventually, yeah. and uh, this didn't all just happen overnight. You had to prove yourself time and time again. Do you remember the first time we met? Well, I remember North Wilkesboro. That was the. V- I yeah. don't know if that was the very I first. I think time. that was the very first. Yeah, time. That's what he that's my, is the first time. Well, <laughs> well, that's the way I remember yeah, it. Uh, I just remember, um, and I don't remember if there was a late model yeah, thing was. going on there, and then the Cup cars were there, and um, and we were on pit road. Maybe the cars were lined up for qualifying or something, and your dad kind of pulled you over. What and I remember introduced me. Uh, if I, what I the way I remember it is, or is pulled me dad over probably. <laughs> and you had been out on the track. Ah. Uh, and I don't know whether that was something that y'all did or he would do with you at time, from time to mm. time, but maybe he had taken you around the track or talked to you about the racetrack or something. Interesting. Um, Let me tell you, and you know this well, but you can imagine a young kid like myself, the influence that you know, somebody like your dad had on me. So if he said, come here, I, 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 I said, <laughs> sure, where yeah. do you want me to go? You know, if, <laughs> if he said, let's go out on the track, I want to you know, show you something, I'll be out on the track. I mean, yeah. I would do whatever the heck he told me to do pretty much. So y'all, came, <laughs> y'all, y'all pulled up to the entrance to Pit Road, and this pace car got out. Both of you got out. Some official jumped in, took off. And y'all were walking by, and I was sitting on pit wall, okay. and we had all our late model stuff everywhere. Every, there's late model stuff everywhere. Everybody's, you know, late model teams. I remember just, there being cars on yeah, pit road. Every cars everywhere, gas cans, tools. And uh, Dad saw me, and he brought he what y'all he starts turning. I'm like, yeah. And so, you know, I thought he's just gonna walk on by and ignore me, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he turned. He's coming over there, and he goes, "I want to introduce you to, to Jeff Gordon." And he said, uh, "This kid's gonna be this kid's gonna be somebody." And I was like, "Yes, yes, sir. Nice to meet you, Jeff." <laughs> and then y'all walked on. I was like, "Man." Well, I remember you're pretty quiet, polite, uh, and that was about it. Was it. <laughs> it, was, it was really now the next yeah, the yeah. next real interaction I remember with you was when I came over to your dad's shop. Yeah. And and the bush you were you were getting a car ready to go to Watkins Glen. Like yeah yeah. And I was I, at this time. Now I, I'd gotten to know your dad a little bit better, and I could, I could, you know, push back on him. And uh, I was getting hard time about that car that yeah. you were driving. And so, so this is what really impressed me about you, because first of all, you know, you were working on the car, or, or you know, in, very involved with the car, which I didn't do a lot of that. You know, in the midget sprint car stuff, heck, I mean, they're simple. You yeah. can build those cars, and my dad made me do that. But when I got to stock cars, I didn't know anything, and I was I got into a fortunate situation where I didn't have to do a lot of it other than just drive it. But um so you know here's here's that car, you know that room that your dad had with all the, the, yeah, the yep. antlers and stuff. And so walked in there and I just remember that gear shifter, man. You had you had a gear shifter <laughs> like I mean that thing was 2 3 feet long and I and and I saw in the car was just rough. Yeah. It was beat up. It looked like you had 
run that thing ten times and never taken it to the body shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this why you were giving? And his so dad I was giving his. I said, "You can't car? put him." I said, "He has no chance in hell in this car." I said, "What, what, what man?" I see Taj Mahal, right? It said, spend some damn money on your boy. Give him a good race car. He's like, oh, he needs to earn it. You know, that's what, that's what he told me. And, and, and so I think I was up there that day. We were talking business stuff, uh, you know, souvenir sales and all that. And then you went and ran that race and hauled ass. Yeah. You were good. Yeah. We had, I, I said, damn, if he can, if he can drive that thing, then, then he must we, be good. This is a I bush got, race or a light model race? This is a bush race at yeah. Watkins Glen. Did you win it? You no, won the Watkins no, no. Glen. This is in 97. Oh, this is before the yeah, – so, I got it. Yeah. This is in this white number 31. Uh, we I don't remember who we bought the car from, but it originally was an old Steve Grissom Channel Lock car. Well, that explains all the damage. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we it had been it had been re- rebodied a couple times, and this guy that had it was it wasn't even complete, and but it was cheap, and so uh, we got it going, race, raced it a couple times, had a lot of bugs, and we blew the motor that day. I probably ruined it the motor on the shift or something but <laughs> but you run um, good up yeah until we qualified great top six, running sixth or something when the motor finally broke eventually ended up getting you know getting the opportunity to drive the ac delta car which changed everything but um dad fi- i think dad took your advice because or he must have uh you must have made an impact on him because i ended up getting uh one of the hand-me-downs from tony senior and them one of their blue ac delta uh-huh. cars that steve park was driving at the time and i took that to michigan and that's when I had my Rockingham moment. Uh-huh. You know, that's where I had that day that I ran so well, and Dale Jarrett and everybody was going over to my dad, going, "Your little boy out there is doing pretty good." Because <laughs> I was I was beating on Dale Jarrett's bumper, and uh, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna hit him, but I don't want don't even hit me back." And uh, but, something, uh, something that was Michigan. Yeah. something about Michigan because you know Jimmy Johnson and I, we we had that experience at, at Michigan where he. He was in a car that was okay, not as good as mine was, I'm sure, because Ray Evernham and I owned that that team. He was he was running right with me and passed me on a restart. So I was, hmm, man, this guy's pretty darn good. Came yeah. back and told Rick Hendrick about it. So that that is a race that I wanted to talk to you about. This is this has to be 1999, uh, Michigan. You're in the blue 24 Pepsi car that yeah. you and Ray owned together. You decided to. I thought this was so. I'm racing in the Xfinity Series 1998. And a couple guys would come down and race with us, Terry Labonte, a couple cup guys, but not Jeff Gordon. But Jeff Gordon makes the announcement going into 1999 that him and Ray are going to build a team. You're going to run a handful of races. Then you decided to run six or seven races, and this was really exciting, extremely exciting for me, all the other guys that compete. Jeff Gordon's the, the best guy in the cup. He's coming down. We're going to get a chance to – you know, we're getting, we're tired of getting our ass kicked by Mark Martin this week. We'll see if we can handle Jeff Gordon. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you – and I can tell you, for five races, you handled my ass just fine. We were terrible. We went – you did. You struggled with that car. and um, But then we went to Michigan, and me and you uh, run, no, run close. Yeah, we ran up in top five, I know, yeah. all day long. Well, there was a, a particular point in the race to where – we're running first and second, and you would you would lead a while. Those cars were really yeah. loose out front. Oh yeah, right. That's how racing used to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, in those nineties. And so in this one race, you you would lead like five laps, and I'm like, man, he's gonna drive away. But I could see you getting looser and looser and looser, and I'd kind of come back and pass you, and then I get out front. And as soon as I get in front, I'm loose <laughs> as heck. And then you go back by me, and we did this for like twenty or twenty five laps, and then the race cycled, and we ended. Up, I ended up winning the race, and I was like, man, I might have, you know. 
I might prove something <laughs> to Jeff Gordon today. <laughs> I'm and, sure you did. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to Mi- then I remember going to Phoenix, the the race you won, and we ran second. Yeah, oh, okay. Clinched the championship that day. And so this was this was sort of my my first memories of racing with you. You know, the first couple races y'all had in that car, y'all struggled with trying to get the speed in the car and it was bad, but and then, you know, we had those two races at Michigan and then Phoenix, which uh was that was great for me. Great for everybody that, you know, got the chance to race against you. Then we went to Japan. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. raced. Mm. And But you were out front all the time. I didn't get to race with you. <laughs> Me and Dad. I, listen, I'm still mad about Japan because we went there. I think Y'all had that one. We had that thing. One. We were so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, you know, what, what stands out to me, a couple of things about Japan this was when me and Rusty kind of had a little bit of a rivalry, and that you don't, you might not know a whole lot about that, but you know the way it kind of worked out is in '95 when I broke out and had that that championship year, and me and your dad went and battled. Rusty kind of looked at it as this is my place, mm-hmm. right? I'm the guy that's going to go up against Dale Earnhardt, and I'm the one that you know hopefully will come out on top, and my career is going to go. Poof. And then all of a sudden, who's this little punk kid, you know, that came along? So Rusty had it. You know, a little bit of a of a, of a rub with with me, and uh, me and him got racing so hard in Japan that it ruined it for us. And I think your dad ended up winning the race, or yeah. Rusty won the race. I can't remember. I think it was your dad, and I was so pissed off at Rusty because he he was like, "No, no, you're not going to pass me because I, I I'll do anything to keep you from winning this race. I don't care if Dale wins or anybody else wins. It's not going to be yeah. you." Because you know, there was these huge moments in the sport. At that time, that, that that were just standout races, whether it was the Brickyard 400, mm-hmm. um, whether we went to Southern California in, in, in uh, Fontana or Japan, that you just felt like, man, if I win this race or if I stand out in this race, this is going to elevate not just the sport, but me and my brand or, you know, my, my place in the sport. So, so Rusty and I, yeah, we, we laugh about it now. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what stood out in his mind? He had a shoe thrown at him. Did Rusty throw a shoe at you? Because that's that, that's how Japan ended for him. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> he threw a shoe at you? Yeah. <laughs> his dad did. Oh, your dad yeah. did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Well, did. I don't remember so that. Unless you had a shoe thrown at you. It, it ended why Why'd your dad throw this I think was, I've heard this story. This was at the Oval, the last time we ever went to oh, Japan. Oh, at, at Motegi. Yeah. Yeah. So you're up front running with uh, uh, Skinner. Skinner. God, now you're showing the whole nother race I'm pissed <laughs> off about. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing okay, and I got up there with you guys and then smacked the wall trying too hard. But um, that dropped me back toward where Dad was. He's running seventh, eighth all day, just terrible. There weren't that many, you know, really capable cars. And he had basically resigned himself to finishing where he was going to finish. They had another set of tires in the pits. Kosh came out with like 10 laps to go. Tony uh, Tony Jr. said uh, to Richard Childers, we have pit stops, uh, pit stalls side by side. He goes, hey, you going to borrow that? You going to use that last set of tires? And Richard's like, no. Nah. He goes, well, we're going to use them. Dale Jr., come down pit road. We're going to put these tires on this car. So I come down pit road, and I put tires on my car. got the restart, and I drove by Dad. And when I drove by him, we're coming off a of turn four, and I'm going, I'm throttling up. And I'm like, you know, let me have it. <laughs> and he, would, he was going to stay on my quarter panel. Of so course just, he was. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously did not get a lot of time racing <laughs> your <did>. dad. <laughs> yeah. You were, thought this he was going to see lift. This uh-uh. was my, he thought he treated fairly, right? <laughs> this is my first race. I'm just glad it, it wasn't just me and, and 90% of the rest of the field that he raced like that. This is my first race with that, right? And I'm thinking, you see that I'm passing you. <laughs> Don't 
if you're on my quarter panel, I can't stay full throttle. I got I got a couple more laps to get these guys in front of me, and uh, I ran him in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but God. he, but it, it kind of this kind of reminds me of Daytona yeah. in uh, 1997 <laughs> off turn two. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> but he right. was so mad at me, and I went on, and and I'm like, man, I beat Dad. <laughs> And Wrecked a couple him. of F and his sixth or something. This is awesome. I got your intimidator right here. <laughs> and you know we had those little cubicles where we could change clothes in. And me and Dad shared one of those trailers, those real <laughs> renter mobile trailers. And so I go in my, you know, I go in there and I'm changing, I'm changing clothes. Greatest day of your life. <laughs> it's been a long trip, long way over here. But I'm happy. It's worth it. And Dad comes in and and he, I just saw the look on his face and I was like, oh, he don't want to talk. So <laughs> I'm changing and I. He's taking his shoes off, and I bent over to tie my shoe or something, and a freaking driving shoe went right over the top of my head. Had I not, I wasn't looking at him, so it would have hit me slap in the face. And it was coming hard. This wasn't no toss. I mean, it smacked the wall behind me. And I was like, man, he is pissed. He didn't say a word. Somebody peeked in the door and said, hey, you got five minutes to do an interview? Yep. No <laughs> I got longer than that, actually. I got all the time you want. He never said. Uh, he didn't say anything to me, to me on the whole, all the way home. He yeah. was so mad. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. It's rare that 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 he was the one that was mad. Usually, it was always the other people right. that were mad at him. I mean, right. I I'll never forget racing at Michigan, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what year it was, but it was a time where we had raced enough to know. Uh, how one another drove one another in the race and practice. And I'll never forget, we had an awesome car. I don't know if we are on the pole or up front. Fast cars, final, I think, happy hour. And uh, we start to roll off, and Ray goes, now listen, you just, just go out there, run run some laps. We've got a good car. You don't need to mess with anybody, and stay away from Dale. Because he just, you know, we, we just, whether it was where we were at in points or whatever it was, of course, it didn't matter where your dad was at in points. You know, no, normally you roll off pit road based on where you are in points. Your dad could be twentieth in points. <laughs> he was the first car on the on the track. So I don't know what happened this day. I just remember he rolls out there and he's about a straightaway ahead of me. And my car was just badass, and I'm poof, 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 and I catch him, and I'm thinking, okay, Ray told me to stay away from him. But I'm going to blow right by him because my car is so good, and he was not that good. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was checking up and waiting for me or whatever it was. We come off a of turn two. I get inside of him, and I drive in a three, and I said, well, my car's really good in a three. I'll drive in there pretty deep. He'll lift. Uh-uh. He drove right in there on my door. <laughs> Sucked that thing around. Oh. I, I've never hit the wall that hard in Michigan. I mean, that was a hard lick. Luckily, it, it was more of a backed-in hit. Destroyed the car. And Ray was just pissed at me. I told you, stay away from him. I'm like, man, dude, I just, I caught him from pretty far back. I thought I was going to go right by him. He goes, you'll never learn. You're too young. You know, all this. he was just <laughs> mad. And I think I saw your dad like the next day at driver intros. I was like, Jesus Christ, man, what happened? <laughs> he goes, I don't know. just drove in the corner and I guess, I guess you thought you were going to outdrive me in there. And my, <laughs> Jesus. I just stayed on the outside. I don't know what happened. What you talking about? What oh compassion from the intimidator. <laughs> so that was uh, that's something that brings up. But makes up awesome stories. It does. It does. That, that brings up to, uh, brings me to a topic I wanted to talk about. And y'all had a bit of a rivalry on the racetrack, but y'all also did business together. Mm -hmm. So so you come into the sport. Y'all don't have a relationship. There's y'all don't know each other from the past. 
what point do you or he come together and decide that y'all need to work together outside of driving race cars? Yeah. Well, you know, your dad had a very unique way of building and maintaining relationships in the sport, even with people that he had, you know, issues with on, on the track. I mean, uh, I mean, he and Terry Labonte are great friends, right? Went hunting, fishing together, but they had their incidences like at Bristol. Right. And, and, you know, I know how, because Terry was my teammate, I know how mad he was. And then I think, a week later, he's off hunting with him. I'm like, what? What's that all about? Right. So you know that that your dad just had this way of of all oh, that was on the track. What's happened on the track stays on the track. It has nothing to do with anything off the track. And where our relationship started growing is I was with Motorsports Authentics, uh, an, um, you know, a, a company that that built diecast or not diecast, but souvenirs. Did the track side stuff, and then we worked with a different company that did uh, diecast. And then your dad, you know, had Hank Jones. And, and and at that time, it was when the die-cast market was just starting to blow up. And I think I remember one of the first times me and your dad interacted was he asked me about going and signing autographs at uh, Greenville Pickets. Yep. And they would, and he told me about it. He was like, man, big crowd, tons of people. And, and, and so uh, I went there, crazy lines of people. I, I, I went there just blown away and of course they were all there for your dad but i had a pretty good you know following at that time too so and i couldn't believe he just he was there for hours man and upon hours signing autographs and and luckily i was only slated to be there about three hours so i got out of there but um and, and there was some money involved you know it was a business deal yeah. so so i did it and and it was a good one and so we'd kind of talk again after that and then the souvenir stuff started to build up and i think he's he probably like he was so in tune with this stuff and and you probably you may have been you know but your dad was so in tune with the stuff he would know who's selling what every weekend who's who's you know where Driver his sales wise. are yeah. where the other drivers are he knew it all and and I think my stuff started getting up there and and so instead of I'm sure there was a little bit of rivalry there or or, or competition but really instead of that he embraced it and and he was like man listen I think we got something here that we can we can grow. And then at the same time, Fred Wagonalls has come along with action. And and so because I'm with this company and he's with this company and he's getting ready to go to action, I think Fred was, hey, we need to get more drivers. And somehow I was on that list. So he talked to me, you know, talked to me about it. And it was one of the best business decisions I ever made because that was a company, not only did they, you know, do a great job with the die cast and, and, and took it to a whole nother level, made a bunch of us a lot of money. And uh, and it's a public company, so we got shares of the company. Of course, you didn't want to hold on to those too long. And, I, <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, I held that on to them just the right amount of time. Um, so so you know that was a great business deal that me and your dad did together. I was very appreciative, and and I think it worked out good for him too. So after that, you know, then I didn't mind going to him talking about contracts he uh he was the first one that came to me and and and, you know things were different back then man we would get on planes we'd get on whether whether it was his plane i think at the time he had a king air before the jet and rusty's plane and we'd go hop and go to these places to do sign autographs or do sponsor events maybe it was a chevy deal or whatever it may have been we were doing these things and we were together so you get on these planes and you start talking schrader your dad, you know, a bunch of people, Kenny Wallace, Bobby Labonte. And, and so you just start these conversations. And I can just remember being on these planes with different guys like Dale Jarrett and your dad and different, and talking, and you start talking about, you know, I was young, so, and I'm not afraid to ask questions. And I just say, you know, hey, 
what about your contract? And, and, you know, how should I go ask for this? And he told me right away, you need to get all the rights to your likeness. And if you can get your licensing deal too, he goes, you need to get that. Mm-hmm. And so a, a lot of the things he was doing, he, he talked me into doing it. And I went and asked Rick Hendrick, and Rick Hendrick didn't want to have anything to do with licensed merchandise and s- souvenir sales. He was he was not interested at that time because it wasn't making a lot of money prior to that. And I got a hold of that. That was another deal that was, worked out really good for me. So I had a lot of faith in your dad because he gave me some great information, and then I and then I benefited from did, it. Did you guys ever have a very specific conversation about owning the, this perceived rivalry yes. between the fan bases? Or did that just kind of no. happen? Because I guess our assumption would always be that you guys recognized, hey, we can make money off of. Yeah, I wasn't good at that part. I just wanted to drive and race, kind of like some of these guys today. Right now, right. You know, I recognize it later in my career. But at the time, I just wanted to go out and drive and win and, and perform on the track. And then the and, and then the stuff would come along with that is the way I looked at it. But. But, you know, Dale would do things. I, honestly, he he would go and do like, – we'd be lap 5 or 10 of the Daytona 500. He'd take us three wide. And I was just going, what the hell? But he had this ability to know he's got all these fans up there. They're just going to love this. They're going to eat this up. And they did. And he also knew his car and his abilities and his team was good enough that even if that actually cost him some positions, it was worthwhile to get it back. And, and and he normally did, especially at Daytona and Talladega. So he just did stuff like that. He 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 had this ability to read what the fans were were, were kind of asking for. Did he ever invite you hunting? Um, we talked a little bit. And he knew right away. That <laughs> you ain't shooting anything. That was that was not not my thing. Even though I grew up, my stepdad was you know as a, still to this day a big hunter, and we've been hunting a few times since. But it just was not wasn't I, my visions of hunting when I was a kid was early morning and really damn cold and wet. And and, and that's true. I, yeah. I was I was show me the late afternoon or late night <laughs> hunting, and I, I, I'm in. Go home with him. That's kind of yeah. But that's... what he did do was uh, talk me into buying a boat because uh you know he he started talking about his love for boat being on the water and and he started talking to me about man you know i like it because we got a a tough schedule we work our butts off and this is my way to to escape you know unfortunately he passed before i got my boat but uh i uh, i thanked him on one hand because of some of the greatest moments but what it was costing me is the part he left out, <laughs> and I was cussing him at the same time. Yeah, there you go. And I would have loved to have had that conversation with him to tell him about my boating experience yeah. and compare notes. That's cool. Hey, I, I know, Dillner, we need to get to a pristine auction uh, ad. Let's do that because we've got some scenarios. I, I'm dying to ask you some significant events that happened in Dell's career that you were either directly or indirectly part of. And we've been talking about them on this podcast all year. I'd love to hear your vantage point all on right. some of these. So let's do a pristine auction ad, and we'll be right back. Mike, it's the holiday season. Yes, yes, it is. And that's, uh, you know what that means, right? Buying yeah. gifts. You know it. Yeah. I mean, buying, you... buying gifts. So shopping for your friends, it's not always easy to do. No. Trying to figure out what your friends need, what you want to, you know, trying to come up with ideas. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell to get you. Yeah, right? Same here. Yeah. So a really cool way to do that is to go to pristineauction.com. Oh, yeah, we can do that. So imagine this. Imagine going to pristineauction.com. It's an online auction store, sports memorabilia. 
You can bid on and win authentic sports memorabilia from the comfort of your home. So basically, they're providing the gift ideas That's for right. you. And if I haven't thought about that. If I'm shopping for you, I, won't, I don't want to be discomfortable. Let me think I about it. I know you're an Alabama fan. <laughs> I just go in there and find some Alabama stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'll be happy. I've yeah. been looking at it all wrong. I've been looking at stuff for hey, myself, man. I need to give me an eight by ten. Eight by ten. I know you stuff. love eight by ten. <laughs> <laughs> eight by ten. <laughs> so, and the great thing about it is it's so affordable because all the bids start at one buck. At one dollar is where they're going to start. And I'm not going to tell you how cheap I am. <laughs> no, no. I how much? How, 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 how <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how high I'm willing to go either. <laughs> but you don't have to wait around. It's daily auctions. They start at a buck. They end quickly. Come in. Bid on what you want. You don't have to wait around for days for this thing to finish. Aside from the daily auctions, they also have 10-minute auctions if you're in a real hurry or if you just don't want to put a lot of effort into buying your friend Mike a gift. You take 10 uh, minutes. Uh, Boom. You, you it's do. over. You, you got your you got your item. Item pops up. Ten minutes. Rapid fire. Best part. It's so damn affordable. <laughs> you have to ask yourself: Is this person worth more than you know ten what? minutes of my life? Mike, I don't think so. I don't even have to tell you whether it was a ten minute auction <laughs> or yeah. a daily auction. Right. Just you know, be happy with the gift. <laughs> All right. They guarantee Just... that the items are authentic, and everything you purchase comes fully authentic. Oh man, I can't get through it. I had it. I, Authent- had it. I Authent- thought I improved my authenticated. <laughs> Comes fully authenticated by only the most trusted sources. I've signed for Pristine. I trust them, and you should too. I've seen a lot of other drivers, a lot of sports figures as well, signing for them. If it's on Pristine, it's autographed, it's the real deal. Let me tell you something. If you get me a Christmas gift and it's not authenticated, I'm giving it back. Well, if, you come, if it's coming from me, Mike, I got it at Pristine. You know it's the real deal. Some of these deals are pr- pretty insane, so when... We looked before the show. There was an 8x10, which, you know, Mike loves them. <laughs> it was an 8x10 of Richard Petty from his last race, Atlanta, 1992. Man, if it could fit in the shoebox, you'd be all over that one. <laughs> car was on fire, but Art Richard Petty signed it. I even saw an old chance to Mark Martin, number 8. Or Martin Truex. Did Mark I mean, Martin sorry, drive Martin for Truex. you at chance sorry. 2? Old Chance 2 Martin Tricks Jr. The Richie Evans paint scheme was on there. It's some cool stuff to bid on on there. Check it out. PristineAuction.com. You'll be hooked. It's free to register, free to bid, and you only pay for the items you win. So that's Pristine Auction. Spelled P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Auction.com. And when you register, be sure to select Dale Jr. Download Podcast from the drop-down menu. In the How Did You Hear About Us section. Go to the How Did You Hear About Us section, click the drop down menu, select Dale Jr. Download Podcast. That lets them know that we sent you. And so we just pretty much solved everybody's Christmas, Christmas shopping conundrums or and you issues. Know, and, and you know what? The, the That uh, Richard Petty photo, it's Jeff Gordon's first race. Yeah, of that's course. Right. But what, what's, my, what's your favorite part of the Richard Petty? You, nobody liked seeing Richard Petty drop out in a ball of flames there, but the in car was. A highlight we'll always remember. Yeah, yeah. Give me the fire extinguisher. <laughs> With another word in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So I'm going to throw out some of these scenarios. I uh, hope I can Dale remember. Jr. I got, oh, we got are John. you kidding? Well, you we, remember who we, outqualified John? Well, we, we got John 90. Edwards in the room. He might be able to refresh my memory. You'll remember perhaps. these. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'll go in, uh, in order here. 2004, Aaron's 499, Talladega. Uh, oh, no, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I, remember, that one. I remember that one ended. The, the, the fans showed their appreciation in ways that only they could at Talladega. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you remember about that race? Well, 
I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about the race itself. I do remember the finish. Um, and, and, you know, that was one of those days where I was so glad we didn't have to race back to the line <laughs> that, that they froze the field. Because um, he was good that day. Oh, was, he was yeah, good. Yeah, he yeah. was really good. I mean, I remember being pretty good, but I, I don't know if we were as good as you were. But I, I don't remember what led to, you know, that, that shift. I mean, we're side by side, and, you know, you're shifting here, and I'm shifting here. And obviously, you were passing me or going to at least get your nose ahead of me when that caution came out on the last lap. And uh, I was sitting there going, I think I was ahead. I think I was ahead. And when they told me I was, I was like, yes. And then all <laughs> of a sudden I realized, uh-oh, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people in the grandstands. Because, <laughs> I mean, listen, you always had an incredible falling. But I don't know. I look back at those days and where the sport was and the, the enthusiasm and the, the the trendiness of NASCAR and how it was just blowing up, and you were such a huge part of that. And, I mean, I had, you know, I played my role in it uh, as well. But to have me and you kind of going head-to-head yeah. like that and, and for it to come down to a controversial finish, it was one of those times where I was like, I don't know if I want to win this race or not because I, I also want to get out of here live. And so after that, I you know how Talladega, when you, when you win the race back then, you had to go up to the Unical uh, suite, which was – not, I mean, the the grandstands are here, the suites are right here, and you got to walk upstairs oh, right, right in the middle. Far, oh, right. they were going crazy on my ass. I mean, I, I, I honestly, we had to have a lot of security. So you had to walk up through the through the fans to get. Yes, Lord, well, yes. They, and they've already been throwing beer at your car. No kidding. And so, and yeah, security. Yeah, that, that's an understatement, I guess. But when you were in the car and they're throwing beer at you, what are your thoughts? This is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, ping, ping. you have to understand. I, 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 I came, you know, I came through. So in 1995, people were cheering me at the beginning of the year and booing me by the end of the year because at the beginning of the year I was just starting to win more races and it was oh, okay. Who, who's this new guy? He, you know, he's on the circuit and he's man. He's he's off to a good start. And then it was me and your dad. Right, we're we're going for some of those wins and and we were we were both winning a lot of races but we were winning more and and then we were heading the points and so once we were heading the points it was uh-uh they didn't they didn't they may have cheered for me the year before earlier that year they weren't cheering for me then so i went through a lot of trying to figure out why fans booed me or you know cheered against me or whatever and i and and, and it was at first i didn't get it and understand but then i was like okay their guy is Dale Earnhardt, you know, and, and I'm the opposite of that in, in competition at the same time. So I got it. I started getting it. So leading into this moment at, at Talladega, I was like, there's no way I'm going to win this battle with the fans because they want you to win. And But I was still damn happy that I won the race. So when they started throwing all this stuff at me, that was almost the. I started realizing the boos were like recognition yeah, of what I accomplished. Yeah, yeah. So I, when they started throwing shit, I was like, "Yes, this is awesome." And and not that I encourage people to throw things out on the track, but that is the essence of NASCAR in those days. And you wish you had moments like that today that they cared that much, that much. Yeah. for what was happening. You know, I, I got other events, but let me just ask you a question. Since we're talking about Talladega, am I wrong? And saying that you guys didn't necessarily always look for each other to draft with? Or was that just me? So the way I look at it is his philosophy was different than my philosophy. Okay. Okay. It, it wasn't that I didn't want to draft with him. It was 
uh, I just think that when he wanted to go, he, he was a momentum guy, right? It was, man, I got the momentum. I got the run. I'm going to just take it wherever it takes me is the way I always looked at it. And, and if I check up, whether it's for a teammate or for, 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 you know, this guy, even though I might not want to hang him out, it's just, I feel like this is going to take me. And me, I was probably a little bit more, "Mm, no, I think right now I want to stay in this line. I don't want to, you know, do that. And so I think it started building the appearance of we didn't really want to work together. Uh, I think what it what really was, we were just kind of selfish, both selfish yeah. in what we wanted. And we both accomplished uh, a, a, a enough success to know that, well, this has worked for me in the past and this has worked for you in the past. Why should I change it? That's fair. All right, good. 2007, Dale Jr. announces he's leaving DEI. This is a two-part Mm-hmm. question he's leaving DEI I'm curious what your thoughts were immediately then and then also a month later when he said he's coming to Hendrick well first of all, I was like wow I mean that was that was a big big deal and big I, I remember that being a very big story line in, in the sport and so I was uh I mean of course on, on one hand and I, you know I don't want to get too much into <laughs> some other stuff but I wasn't surprised. I mean, I I felt like, you know, what he was bringing to the table at DEI, um, I I don't know if everything else was aligning to give him the best opportunity to to showcase what he was capable of doing. And there were some other great opportunities out there, Mm -hmm. Hendrick being one of them. So when when I heard that, uh, and I don't remember all the openings, you know, driver lineup, what we had going on at that time. I think Kyle Busch was sort of involved with that, which he, you know, still hates me, you, Rick, and a bunch of other people for, for some of those things. Which That was my really next had, event. Which really had nothing, <laughs> nothing to – it had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with him. I mean, at that time, he just wasn't – He's not what he is today. I mean, he was a great driver, but, man, he just had a lot of other things that he needed to to learn and mature. He said as much right here on this couch even. We had a bit of an intervention on that. So so I was excited because, you know, I'm part of the business side of of Hendry. So I saw a great opportunity that was going to help us grow our organization because, I mean, the sponsors literally were standing in line. By the way, this is never – you've probably talked about this on the show. I don't know. Never in the history of the sport has it ever been like that, and I don't think it ever will be. And I got to just taste enough of it being partners with Rick and, and, and HMS to where literally sponsors are lining up at the door. What's How much? Sure. We'll pay. Oh, oh, that's not enough? Okay, yeah, what do we need? I mean, they, they were in this bidding war against one another. It's unreal. And, 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 you know, to your credit, that was, wow. that was badass, Rick man. never told us that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you did okay. I think you did okay. Um, so, so, you know, I was all for it. I was all for it. I did – the only apprehension I had is that I was a li- the little – not that we had a big rivalry, but because of your dad and me, the way people were perceiving that. Like, Dale Earnhardt Jr. can't be teammates over at Hendrick with Jeff Gordon yeah. and Jimmy Johnson – you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how how you describe the differences, but it was just too much uh, yin and yang it, it, from the perception. I know, I knew you, and I was cool with it on that on all those levels. It was just I wasn't sure what the fans were going to think. Is it true that you called him and and told him don't be messing with Rick Hendrick? Uh, you know, like don't don't be playing him. I always heard I'd heard that before, and not from Dale, but I'd heard it like as he was trying to decide. And I think Rick was getting excited. I think we heard it from Rick actually mm. that that 
Mr. H and Marshall, they were getting excited at the prospect. They thought they really could get Dell to come over. I, I don't I don't remember a whole lot about that. I just okay. remember you you know, you got pitched hard by uh by Joe, right? And wrote you the big check and yeah. that you didn't cash. Thank you. I appreciate you <laughs> doing that. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but uh, but I, I don't remember a whole lot uh, other than, you know, was, uh, that Rick wanted it to happen really, really bad. The, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was 2016, when you are now getting to enjoy the fruits of being a retired broadcaster. Uh, you, you had your first year of your broadcasting. Now you get to enjoy the second half of the season to go off wherever <laughs> you are. And then he suffers the concussion. Yeah. And I, I just love to hear what your immediate thoughts were when Mr. H, I'm assuming, made a call to you yeah. asking you to go back into the car. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about it a little bit before. but uh, so, so, yeah, I was super excited about the summer of 2016 because so, – so, you know, I met my wife in New York – um, she likes to travel and go places. And I, she introduced me to a lot of things that, that I had never experienced before. And I love that. I love going, um, whether it be you know, to Long Island, to the Hamptons or South of France, she's from Belgium, go to Belgium. And so we had this trip plan to go to the South of France and we were having a great time. Awesome. time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the ironic thing is we were at this restaurant and uh, it was, man, we were having a fun time, drinking some rosé and all that stuff, uh, and having lunch with some friends from America that know a little bit about racing, but not a lot. And they're saying, oh, man, how is it? How is it? You're not in the car anymore. I'm like, yeah. And they, they said, but, you know, are you still involved with the team? Yes, I'm, you know, a partner and with Rick. And they said, um, well, what if one of the drivers, you know, had an issue and couldn't drive? Would you still get back in the car? I'm not joking. This happened. And... I, I said, well, I really don't want to. I'm good for a while. I, I don't have the itch right now. I'm enjoying life. Obviously, I'm here. And, I mean, I can't describe the setting because it was fun and exciting and a lot of cool things were happening. It was a big party, and I was not thinking about racing at all. And I left there, went back to the hotel, and my phone rang, and it was Rick Hendrick. And it was that day. No. And Yeah, it was that afternoon. <laughs> and, and he said... Uh, and I knew when, when Rick calls, he knows I'm on vacation. It can't be good. It's never, never, you know, hey, how are you? I hope you're having fun. Because right. he's usually getting on my ass for having fun, not not calling me to <laughs> check on me. Yeah. He said, well, um, what do you think about driving for, uh, we need you for to, to, to fill in at Indianapolis this weekend. I was like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just laughed. I thought he totally, because he, He's a prankster, especially towards me. He gives me a hard time. He does. He, does. he busts on my ass all the time. Uh, but that's his love, and so I, I love it because he does it. And so um, the crazy thing is because we just had this conversation at lunch, and, and Ingrid's standing right in front of me. She's like, what is he calling for? And and about a month before that, she made a comment, kind of miss going to the racetrack and, and, <laughs> and seeing you really? compete. Yeah, and she goes, I, I, I do miss that a little bit. So I didn't even ask her. He, he, when he finally was like, no, no, I'm serious. I'm with Marshall Dale, you know, his, his head injury is, is not going to allow him to come into the, you know, and I asked, I think I was quizzing him a little bit. What all's going on there? And then, um, he said, no, I'm serious. We really would like you to drive the car. And I didn't even hesitate after that. I, I, it's the brickyard. Um, it's Rick, it's you. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm there. Yeah. And so we left a day or two early from France, 
um, sobered up a bit (laughs) (laughs) and then got back and it was, it was on, man. I mean, it was, it was driving simulator, getting with Greg and getting fitted. And I mean, I I never prepared for one single race as hard as I did that race because I didn't want to look like an idiot. I know. That's how kind of how he felt when he made that one race back at Richmond. Um, I think he had more anxiety about this Xfinity race in Richmond this year. Uh, than anything I could ever remember, uh, you know, before a race with him. And that's just because I think you guys have this instinctual thing that, man, well, I'm going to go back out here and I haven't done it. I, got, got, I might have a little rust. Yeah. People ask me all the time, what drives you? Is it, is it, is it winning or w- not wanting to lose? And I, I tell people all the time, I think not wanting to lose yeah. drives me harder than just the win factor. When I do things, I want to do it right. I want to know that I put everything into it. When I get out of it, if if I failed, it wasn't from a lack of effort. I think he's got to go pick up his kids. I do, I man. He, my wife. This is something mean you can appreciate now these days. You know, Dale Jr. being the dad and all. And oh, I, got I can't. Two. I can't wait till you have two, man. Listen, I want you to have two. <laughs> I, I want you to have one in fifth grade, one in second grade. I want you to see the interaction of yeah. that, and and then going to carpool. Oh yeah, buddy. You, you, you I, I know there's. I've been to carpool with my buddies before. There's some tricks you can pull. Oh my gosh! Listen, <laughs> you ain't gonna this. see me sitting in, in the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull down around the corner, and they're going to walk over to the car. Oh, yeah. No, I, I – the, the funny thing is I'm not the rule breaker like my wife is. My wife's a rule breaker. She's she's always getting into it with somebody because, you know, they told her not to go here, yeah. and she's pulling up there. So I'm usually the one that tries to be there uh, in events. But but also, I don't know if you know this traffic on 77 going back to Charlotte. It's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Bad. I want to I want to ha- – what time is it? No, nah, we're good. We don't have to go yet. Ingrid's What's not going to be calling us later. No, no. This so she, so, so her, her girlfriend, who's who, who's been trying to have a baby for a very long time, her baby, uh, she just went into labor. My wife just left for New York. So that's why I'm on, I'm okay. on duty right good. now. Well, let's knock this out. Before you go, we'll at least kickstart our um, Ask Junior Live segment. It's presented by Nationwide. Uh, we'll do this live on YouTube fans are going to write in. They've been anticipating this. We've been promoting this on social media, so they know you're here. Cool. It's time, time for Ask Junior. Presented by Nationwide. We have our guest, Jeff Gordon here, Mike Davis, Jeff co-host. Jeff Gordon is here. Man, I tell you what. So Jeff's Happy got, to be here. This is awesome. Jeff's just got a few minutes for you. He's got to split out. He's got to go get in the carpool line. Things we always knew we will, would say about Jeff Gordon. He will be there soon. Yeah, we'll be saying the same thing. <laughs> so he's going to be able to uh, stick around for a few minutes. And let's get right to it. Uh, Matthew, you got a question lined up already? Yeah, we got some stuff uh, lined up already. Somebody actually chiming in using uh, uh, Ask Junior, uh, long-term business relationships. They wanted to ask a question about your trips to Formula One races and your um, mm. you know, relationship with uh, uh, Team Principal Toto Wolf, yeah. with Mercedes, and uh, what the prospects are of you maybe having a relationship with them. Yeah, so what what drove all that is, well, these folks right here, Exalta. So Exalta, um, being a global coatings company, they paint. Uh, not only just the F1 Mercedes car, but for Mercedes, um, you know, the, the street cars. And so they have a relationship with them where they, they have a sponsorship where they do about five F1 races a year. And obviously I miss Monaco, unfortunately, because we're racing that weekend, but, but I get to do two or three. So, so I've done Singapore with them and Mexico city a couple of times, just did Abu Dhabi. Mm. And it's cool. I, you know, it's, uh, there's so much respect for, our sport and, the, and those competitors in our sport when you go to Formula One. Because even though they're at a very high level technically, the, the people are racers. 
And so it's cool. I, I, I like that. Now, Toto, you know, I look up to him because I, I admire him. He is, um, you know, there's a few people like, like Toto that I admire, like a Rick Hendrick. But Toto is, he's a racer. He can drive himself. He's, he, he, I don't know if he's an engineer by trait, but he, he understands all the engineering. And he's a, he's a really smart business guy from knowing how to take a company public and things like that. So, so I love spending time with him and hearing and watching him work and how he runs the team. And of course, if, you know, I want to learn because one day, you know, I want to be more involved with Hendrick Motorsports on, on that side of it. I'm enjoying TV. I'm enjoying traveling, all those things. But I, I, I love being partners with Rick Hendrick uh, at Hendrick Motorsports. Actually, speaking of ownership, Eric Unger wanted to know uh, your guys' relationship, uh, of course, or as drivers now. But do you, uh, you know, in the past, do you have any advice for him as a car owner? Because, I mean, he's a car owner winning championships here in the Xfinity Series. You know, you've been involved for so long in the uh, ownership of a car. Yeah, well, (laughs) when I look at racing and ownership, I go, and I look around here, I go, Damn. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, it's such a tough business. Uh, and the job that you and Kelly have done and your, your, your group here is pretty phenomenal. You know, I would not be a, an owner if it weren't for Rick Hendrick. I mean, and, and, and being there for such a long time and, and the contract that I signed that, you know, helped me be an equity owner. Um, I, I want to be partners with Rick in the business. I, I certainly would never want to go out and do this. Yeah. On, on my own or nor would I even be capable of um, but you know and I know you get asked a lot about taking this to the cup level and I'm pretty sure I know the answer that you don't <laughs> yeah. have any desire no not really I think that and we're partners too I mean I'm partners with my sister partners with Rick and yeah. this whole thing and that certainly takes a lot of the stress out of it and a lot of the pressure off of it really having to share you know share that responsibility with somebody that you believe in and that knows yeah. knows what's all now I, I do want to say real quick on that because I'm always so interested in what's happening from the business aspect. And I got to say, Jim France and the France family and the involvement that they have right now, Steve Phelps, um, you know, I'm seeing some momentum of some things. Uh, the, the What's happening with the RTA, um, you know, there, there's just some cool things that are happening uh, with, and, and, and it all got started, I think, talking about, uh, Comcast, right, coming in and, and, and buying NASCAR, whether that was ever reality or what was going to happen. But what it's generated is some some concerted efforts where people are coming together to try to take the sport to the next level from a business viability standpoint. And that's what I'm excited about. If it, if it could do that, you would see me be far more involved. But right now, if you look at the business model on paper, it, you're like, no, no, it doesn't make sense. We're lucky to have racing more as a hobby and do it at the level that we do it because of our partners. Do you know that that's actually one of my observations when we first started with NBC was that how NBC and Fox are actually working together to promote the sport. Yeah. That, 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 that there wasn't a competition or sense of that. That was the first thing. And, and, and the example was they sent him to the Super Bowl to go promote the Daytona 500, which was right. a Fox race. Well, I can tell you from the Fox side of things, and, and I know Sam Flood and some of the folks you know at NBC, and, and but I, I can tell you that it's, it's a constant – um, you know, circle where we hope that you guys have a great end of the season and sure. that we can try to figure out how to promote over the off season to keep the momentum going and that how the Daytona 500 kicks off with the ratings and the viewership and attendance, tra- you know, that, that 
trickles down through the rest of the season. And if we have a good first half of the season, it rolls into your oh, yeah. part of the season. We're each so, other's biggest fan. Yeah, definitely. This is a question I really wanted to ask, and I'm so glad somebody <laughs> jumped in on Ask Junior to, to ask it. Uh, Matthew Jackson wants to know about this speeding ticket that you uh, maybe enlisted Dale to help you out oh, on, yeah. on getting out of. What? Yeah, remember you remember I, when I kind <laughs> so, so when Dale first signed on with Hendrick Motorsports, um, and, and, and it was official, or maybe it was the day before it was official, I don't know, but Rick told me, and and – I don't know if he gave me your number. I already had your number, whatever it was. But I was driving to dinner, and I said, I'm going to call him. And I didn't have the hands-free set up in the car, so I just call him. <laughs> so I'm driving along on the phone. We're talking. I'm congratulating you and welcoming you to the team. And it was, it was, it was cool. You know, you picked up, and we're having this conversation. And all of a sudden, I got blue lights in my <laughs> you know, wind, rear window. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm getting pulled over. So I wasn't sure if I should stay on the phone with Dale or not. But I said, no, no. Stay on here. I may need you. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily I did because first the guy says to me, you know, you're not supposed to be on the cell phone. And then second, he's like, and you were speeding. And I just said, and I never do this, but I said, this is the moment I got to pull this off. I said, I know. And I'm sorry. You don't happen to be a Dale Earnhardt Jr. fan, are you? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, why? But what does that have to do with anything? I said, well, I got him on the phone. I was congratulating him on something. He goes, what? And I just handed the phone off, and, and you, you spoke to him for two seconds. So and that's got, how the news broke. And got me that's, out. And got me out of it. <laughs> I mean, I would have at least, you know, made him take me for a steak dinner or something after doing that. Well, that was this. I was just trying to make a great impression on my new teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he made the greatest impression on me. This, this, guy, uh, it, this guy's the senior authority over there. <laughs> and so that was that worked out for me. It, way to get it was yeah. so funny and random. I don't know if you thought I was screwing with you at the no. time or what. But it was so crazy. It was random. pretty random for sure. <laughs> All right, uh, going right into that. I mean, being teammates with him for a while, JD Mullis wants to know the best. We all have Dale Junior stories that we like. You know, mm-hmm. whether they're on track or off track. What's your favorite Dale Junior story from from your interactions with? Well, him? my best story is when we weren't teammates. You know, I I, I remember you were living across the street from uh, what, what what did you call you know DEI yeah. right. He was living over there, and I guess you were—you would have been in, in Bush Grand National at that time. And he had a heck of a party. Uh, and then, and then, so I remember that party. And then, did you come to it? Oh yeah, yeah. I came to it. Oh, the New it Year's Eve party. <laughs> it may have been a New Year's Eve party in the shop. It, the one well, in the shop. No, I, I, my house. You know, oh, you know what it was? I think you guys went to the shop, and then after came. you came to the house, your you know your your place that you had there. And uh, and so I don't know. Somehow I ended up there, and I and I was like, man, this guy knows how to get <laughs> after. And then I came to Whiskey River uh, one night, and that was another. How long ago was big, that? Big time. When that was a long River? time ago. That wow. was a big, big. That, you mean that the Whiskey was, River Western Town? The Western Town. Sorry, no, the West, Western Town. Not, Western not, Western not, I've been to Whiskey River not Place. Yeah, the, the no, I'm talking, I mean, as, 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 uh, I called that Whiskey River. It's what um, it's called, yeah. And, and I went there and, and had a few beverages, quite a few. And I remember, uh, I'm like, man, I need to go to the bathroom. Where, where's the bathroom at? <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's right over there by the creek. The creek is right over there. There's that outhouse. (laughs) (laughs) I walked in and I opened up the outhouse. Luckily, I didn't have more momentum. I would have fell out the other side (laughs) because it's just open on the back side. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. You take a leak into the creek. 
That, uh, one, one, one more, one more, and I think this says a lot about Dale, uh, you know, and, and, and how much you care about sports. When we had some meetings up there at your place with Mike Kelton yeah. and, and Jeff Burton and, and, and some folks in the sport, and, and we had some, some conversations about, you know, things that were going on, what we could do better, what they could do better, yeah. and, uh, and you kind of you, you made that happen. Well, that was uh, before the driver's council. Helton grabbed a handful of drivers that he – you know, wanted to just have conversation with. And we would have these conversations at certain locations, and one of them happened to be at the Western Town one time. And so I was excited because Jeff Gordon and, and Helton and all these guys were going to come to the Western Town. <laughs> and I said, Amy, I'm going down to Western Town. It's probably going to be an hour. Uh, it's pretty important, you know, Helton, Gordon, all these guys. I'll be back. And I think we was down there for like six hours. Oh, we were there a long time. <laughs> after the first hour, and we really we got into the meat of the content we want to talk about. I mean, this is us talking about, man, should we have double file restarts? Yeah. Oh wow. This oh is yeah. High oh, level yeah. conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 Well, should we should we quit racing back to the flag? You know, we're talking about all <laughs> wow. kinds. Of, yeah. We're and we're making these decisions, not you know, maybe not making them on officially on paper, but we're really discussing them with Helton about some things we could do to. Some things NASCAR had a bunch of great ideas they wanted to run through us. And These are all the decisions that just him and his dad used to, or just his dad used to have with 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 Bill French Jr. That just happened, you know, path, made the path of the sport. Yeah. <laughs> now now it took about eight of us to yeah. make this happen. After about an hour, we started drinking beer out of the beer cooler, and then we ended up sticking around. Amy I think was, I started right away. Amy was so <laughs> she was, it was, ended up being like five six hours. She was so mad. <laughs> when I came back up there, because I didn't text her, like, hey, man, still down here, everything's good. I think I kind of had a similar experience. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I told my wife, yeah, I'm just going to go up to Junior's for a couple hours. That made yeah. it great for the future NASCAR, <laughs> terrible for relationships. Yeah. Terrible <laughs> for the liver. <laughs> right. All, All right, right. Uh, Pocono Raceway, they chimed in a few weeks ago, and they just said hi. Finally, they came in and have a question. I like it. Uh, they wanted to know, okay, mano y mano. Jeff Gordon versus Dale Earnhardt Jr., Pocono, who would win? Ooh. I think Jeff would beat me <laughs> until the repave. Oh. I like the repave. I was good at the repave yeah. after the oh, repave. Listen, I I was terrible at most repaves. <laughs> uh, I I did like the old Pocono. Yeah. I I, I like that place and and had a lot of confidence in it. And uh, I don't know the last couple. I, I listen. I, it makes me think. You know, I drove when I drove your car at Pocono, and I had that seatbelt damn issue. But uh, but but Greg set up a nice car. You guys had a nice you know uh, setup there, and, yeah. and and I enjoyed it. But uh, I guess okay. I'll take me early, you late. <laughs> 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 That's a good question. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm a little concerned that uh, he, we're going to get him back in trouble with his wife yeah. if he doesn't pick up go. his kids. All right. Uh, Don't leave that, your kids that would be a problem. Like, sitting there. I yeah. mean, seriously. Yeah. We're, we'll stick around. We're going to finish up Ask Junior Live here on YouTube. We're going to let Jeff take off. Jeff, thanks for Hey, man. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Show. Appreciate and it. And by the Mike, way, thank you. everybody watching, we had a, a lot of things that you probably are asking right now on the YouTube. Yes, yes. We addressed them already, in, uh, so you'll just need to listen to the podcast because it's a good conversation we've had with Jeff. Definitely. Thank you, Jeff. Thank All right, you buddy. Guys. Fun. Good stuff there. We'll keep uh, – we'll Fire off some more questions. Yeah, here. we'll take a couple hey, more wait, questions. And, and keep asking Jeff questions. We'll answer them. <laughs> yeah, ask, ask Jeff Gordon. Go ahead. I, I'm happy to. Well, heck, now that Jeff's out of here, Grothaus, uh, who seems to be our favorite uh, uh, food guy, wants to know Christmas and holiday season coming. Honey baked ham on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We uh, we've done. I've done pretty good this uh, this holiday season with with uh, not not overindulging at the. Uh, 
at the with table. The, at the table. <laughs> Holy moly, it's so hard. I did good at Thanksgiving. I, I'm Christmas. Yeah. I'm going full full send mode. Man, I, I'm I'm uh I'm gonna have I'm gonna def, I'm gonna have some honey baked ham. Yeah. Whatever's there. Yeah. I mean, I'm good. I'm good with it. Chase Matheny. Uh, we were just talking to Jeff Gordon. Obviously, he started his career in sprint cars. Have you ever even thought about getting in a sprint car ever? I mean, I'm curious. You're curious as a driver what all kind what all cars drive like, but I don't I don't think I'm ever gonna do it. Um, if I ever drive anything outside of running these Xfinity races each year for junior motorsports, it, I might would consider doing some sports car racing on kind of a low stress, low expense scale. Not like you know, not going high end, full sin. Just gonna do some, you know, maybe some of the vintage stuff, or I don't know, you know, just some club racing. That stuff kind of interests me. Going out and running uh, that twenty four hour lemons race. Oh, yes. something like that. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Labonte did that. I know. Yeah, he just did it. I've seen. I know Biffle's done it. Yeah, uh, Boris said a couple guys. You just you just build a car and go with your friends and just race. You don't even have. They don't have to be real drivers. You know, Mike, mm. you could run a couple laps. Biffle's I, got that. Biffle's got that Triple B Ranch yeah. dirt race. Man, I've been up there a few times for that thing. And yeah. holy, Kurt Busch had it the other night. Old, yeah, Kurt Busch was running one year with a Christmas tree uh, ratchet strap to the top of his car. Very if good. You can't have fun doing that. Forget about it. Makes um, no sense to do that. But yeah. I mean, why not have race with a Christmas tree on your car? Dale, ever get the go karts out of the sh- uh, <laughs> out of the snow oh, at Dirty Mo, Mo uh, Acres? Oh, in the snow. Yeah. Now, yeah. with, with the go kart thing is is long gone. We got we we used to have. Um, so what this is about? Used to have eighteen go karts. Used to have two three tracks: two a road course paved, uh, oval paved, and a dirt pay or dirt track. And I grassed over the dirt track. Sold all the go-karts, got out of the go-kart business. The last time I think we ran those, I think Steve LaTarte was my crew chief, and we just had gotten so wild. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, we're either going to get hurt uh, or I'm just going to have to keep rebuilding these go-karts because we had to fix about six of them after we crashed them all so bad. And uh, so it was getting pretty expensive and dangerous. And uh, we we ran go-karts out at my house for probably 10 years, 12 years, had a lot of fun, and decided to give it up. But I still have the paved road course and the paved oval, and guys will bring their kids out to that paved oval and let them run their go-karts. So Rodney Childers has brought his kids out there. Brett Bedine's brought their, his kids out there. Tart. LaTarte. Jason Burdett, our crew chief here with Justin Algarve. Jason Burdett brought his son out there when he was three to run his little go-kart just all day long, just running laps. So many kids have been out there to sort of get their first laps under their belt before they take them anywhere else and or to a race or anything like that. It's just a little oval. It's perfect for, like, little champ cars or something like that. And uh, so that's a lot of fun to be able to offer that up to my friends. Junior3815 says, Hey, Dale, do you have an opinion on the ongoing debate in short track racing on motor options for the late model stock cars? I mean, you're a late model stock car guy. Uh, what's the best option, you think, for the health of the sport? Yeah, the cheapest option. I mean, whatever is the cheapest. Let's just go to a nice, cheap, option that, that brings down the cost of the business, cost of racing. When I raced late models in, in 1994, 1995, 96, and 97, I needed roughly around fifty to $60,000 to run a full year. That's buying tires or a, tire, a set and a half tires every week because you got to have, you know, every once in a while you got to buy another set for practicing, paying for the motor, which is 10 to 15 grand, uh, building the car and all that. So, now today to run the same outfit even less races actually today we don't even run that many races we run maybe 20 races a year to run 20 races in late model stocks 
to buy the same car, engine, tires, and all that. We're not buying, we're not doing anything different than we did back in the 90s. It's $150,000, $200,000 to do that over a season. It's ridiculous. So, um, you know, anything that brings that cost down to make this more affordable just for, you know, just for normal people. I mean, whatever we can do to make that happen is good for me. I'm the owner. I don't want to spend all this yeah. kind of, I don't want to spend all this kind of money, but I love racing. I want to yeah. be in the, I want to be, I want to send cars to the racetrack. I love being an owner, but I don't want to spend this kind of money and I don't want to have to try to find this kind of money. I remember 10 years ago, I had four late model teams, four late model teams going to the racetrack every weekend. And wow, uh, I forgot. That's true. That's crazy. We did. Yeah. And, and there's no, yeah. I mean, that would take half a million dollars to do today. It just, it's crazy. I'd love to race more. You know, when I say race more, send more cars to the racetrack. It just has become harder to do as the cost has went up. I mean, the tires, when I was driving in 90, uh, mid-90s, were $100 a piece, plus 20 bucks to mount if you if you didn't want to mount them yourself. So $400 was a tire bill. I mean, it's it's, it's ridiculous now. I don't know what tire, what is what is the tire now? I think tires for late models, $200 a piece. Yeah, something like roughly that. about that, yes. Wow. For, and it's the same thing. It's the same who's your 45 that I was running when I was in the mid-90s. It's the same tire. It's more expensive for some reason. Brendan Carroll, uh, hey, Dale. He says, uh, I screamed when I saw that you're going to be driving the pace truck for the Daytona 500. I'm so excited to see you at New Hampshire next year as well. New Hampshire, all right. Well, I'll see you there. I am excited about driving the pace truck in the Daytona yeah. 500. I mean, this is... This is one of the cool things that I didn't even think about when I retired is getting the opportunity and getting the request to do these type of things, to be the grand marshal at Daytona 500, to drive the pace truck at the Daytona 500, to drive the pace car at, at the Brickyard. These are just cool perks, I guess, that kind of come along with, with having, uh, you know, having 20 years in a sport and, and putting in everything you put in. I just bought the new Silverado, and so I'm excited about it. I'm excited to be a new truck owner. We're going to take that truck, that Silverado, and that's what's going to pace the field. So usually it's a pace car. It's going to be a pace truck. And um, that's a great way for us to showcase what a great truck it is. Wait, 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 wait. You're taking that truck? Not my truck. Oh, okay. I mean, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't want to because they strap the lights to it and all that. And I don't want to do that to my truck. But right. okay. it, will, it will be a, it will be a, a, two, a Silverado. A 219 so, Silverado yeah. for sure. So if you're into Silverados, they got a real nice one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lala chiming in here and wants to know uh, what was Isla's reaction to being in the snow? You know, she didn't really like it. Isla loves warm weather, warm temperatures. Um, during the warmer temperatures earlier this season, earlier this year, if she's upset or crying and, and there seems to be nothing to fix it, if you just walked outside, she quit it immediately. Walk back inside back to being upset she just loves warm air warm temperatures and so she does not like being outside in the cold or sitting in the snow or anything like that when her room temperature gets like 68 or 69 degrees she's uncomfortable she'll even wake up out of her sleep she likes to be around 74 degrees in her room mm. which is warm uncomfortable i don't like that i like it cold babies love that. i can't sleep yeah. if it's over yeah. i gotta be chilly man. yeah i gotta be cold i want to bundle up in there and cuddle you know what i mean so, uh, but she don't. She likes it to be hot. That's why we keep it hot in the studio, by yeah. the way, so you don't cuddle with Mike. You ain't yeah. got to worry about it's that. It's working. Right yeah, it's working. Mike's grateful. All right. I uh, <laughs> want to thank everybody for joining us on Ask Junior Live on YouTube. It was awesome to have everybody and uh, appreciate it. Yep. Presented by Nationwide, of course. Uh, that's who brings this all to us. 
Coming to the end of the show, Mike, let's talk about some of the things that have been going on here lately. We had, uh, oh, goodness. you know, so we haven't had any shows in how long? A few weeks. A couple weeks. We had Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. All that. Now, we've had a show since Thanksgiving. We have? Have we? I don't know. No. 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 It's so Thanksgiving. Did everybody oh. have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah. yeah, man. I didn't have any KFC or, or KFC gravy. gravy. Like that. No. Pilot, well, did y'all see perfect. KFC sent you these like <laughs> big giant onesies? Yeah. What's with you and onesies this year? I don't know. <laughs> the, the, I guess that those are just really normal. I'm People sure. just see you, they think the onesie. Do I know? Uh, everyone in this room could probably have a closet full of onesies, and I just don't. I'm just. I'm just. Nope. Just you. You're the only I'm one. The, I'm out of the loop. I'm out. I'm. I'm not on the onesie train yet. <laughs> if you get a onesie, it swept the nation. But I'm. I'm going to be one of the last ones to know. <laughs> if you get a onesie uh, auction going on on Pristine Auction, I am all over that for you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But that's uh. That Thanksgiving went well. Good. Thanksgiving went well. Um, very uneventful for me. I thought we Same had a here. show. We, but that's the way Thanksgivings need to be. They need yeah. to be uneventful. And we got Christmas coming up. Everybody getting their shopping done. I've been doing my shopping. I feel good about it because I used to not shop at all for nobody, okay. ever. I just tell Kelly, whatever you're buying for mom, put my name on the card. Good. Man, that was easy. Oh, yeah. yeah this, I was super, this. super duper lazy. But now I got in the habit when I started dating Amy is I wrote down a list of people that I want to – buy for and i keep it in my phone and every year i i do a little christmas shopping plus doing my own you know doing my shopping for my wife yeah and my daughter um god that's so hard to i know the wife well i'll tell you what me and amy do it's not hard for us we do something that's pretty cool that makes it easy for both of us is we started a photo stream in our phones that we both can see and share and add and edit and if i like something or want something I'll put it in the stream. I'll take a picture of it, screenshot of it, whatever. I'll go to the website. Okay. I'll even also tell her the information. I want, you know, this is the size or this is what it, this is the parameters I'm looking for. That's good. Um, she does the same. So, you know, if something pops up just the other day, a couple things popped up. She just put on there, found, likes. I mean, boom, I buy it. So it comes to me. Uh, I wrap it, put it under the tree. And so when we get ready, uh, when we open up gifts on Christmas, yeah, there's no surprise. We know what we're getting. We have getting, an idea. But we also... Are getting what we want. Yeah. Now, what I'll do to try to put a little twist on it is when she sends me somewhere in particular, uh, I'll I'll do a little extra shopping in that area. Oh. I may see something that I go, I've, this is something like she might wear. Accessorized. But it's my favorite colors. Yeah. That she doesn't okay. know is coming. Yeah. That's a great idea. So she's not, I'm not just kind of, you know, copying and pasting here. No, no, I, I got you. So that's clever. That's what we do. And we, it's been fun shopping for Isla, just talking to Amy about it. You know, hey, what are we gonna get her? You know, and having conversations with your wife about that. That's been fun. So my shopping's going well. How about you guys? No, uh, I haven't started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah, haven't no, started. No, <laughs> Eric know, has been buying stuff like that yeah. on, on Amazon, like it's yeah. uh, going crazy out of style. But I haven't done my shopping on her, so I'm in trouble. My, yeah. You know what? Uh, shopping's done in our house, but you know what? I found out. Something. Which reminds me, man. Did you invest the, in Amazon? Remember ten years ago, and I told you, <laughs> no, you that was didn't. a good you that was a good plan. <laughs> I mean, how how freaking was, ridiculous is that? Like five years ago, I wasn't buying crap on Amazon, and now everything. I got oh, a yeah. box, I got a box showing up every other freaking day. I mean, think about this: you put out a book, and eighty percent of the sales of that book is on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, I ordered a copy from Amazon. Yeah, insane what Amazon has become. Yeah. That's actually that's going to be a Christmas present. Guess yeah. what? Get, get, I found out a Christmas gift I'm getting early, and uh, I, I wanted to get this for my girls, uh, and so it's a gift for me, but it's really for my girls, and it's that Oculus 
Uh, Are you oh, going to get really? the Oculus? Already got yes. it. Oh, man. Yeah. Have you and tested it out? Or no, 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 no. No, just in his bus. But uh, th- but that being said. That's going to be a home like, run. My girls don't know anything about that kind right. of thing. And they're, I think they're going to go. For, I, this is the thing. And you you guys probably know what I'm talking about. When your family gets together, you know, the cousins and the aunts and the uncles and stuff. And you do it Christmas and then you do the whole thing. There's always the person that's got the cool gift. Yeah. Yeah. There's always the cousin that had that them. one gift. Like somebody had the Nintendo or somebody had the whatever, you know, whatever it was. I think the Oculus is going to no, be no. the oh, cool yeah. gift. I want to share a little bit of information with you about that too that you need to be aware of since it's your girls. On the app, it's either there now or it's coming in a future update shortly where you will be able to sit with your iPad next to them or your phone and see what they're doing. Wow. So yes. as a parent, that's pretty critical. That is. To be able to know where they're going, what yeah. they're looking at, what they're doing. So yeah. you can watch. And it's also fun for mm-hmm. people in the room who aren't wearing the headset. Because mm-hmm. when I put it on, my wife basically says, you might as well not even be here. <laughs> so, Because I'm not. Yeah. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm flying like, a plane. Yeah, I'm in Egypt at the pyramids. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, pers- the person that's not actually wearing it can actually see what, what you're doing. That's awesome, man. I'm glad. My wife. You know she, what? She did great. I'm a... I'm a Take a. I'm gonna take a little uh, credit. You should. I'm gonna feel a no. little. I'm gonna feel some warmth in my heart. Yeah. Even if you don't want me to, that I helped you sort of give this incredible Christmas. It's just a, the best Christmas that your ever. girls are gonna ever have. She's putting from Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the gift ever. just because you have part to do with that. <laughs> yeah. As everybody once saw, uh, you know, I, I I had my experience, but it was so much fun. I said, I I just want my girls to experience that. I thought it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, I got to go find good games and that kind of thing to do. But it's um, easy. The, the, the way you convince your wife, my wife, so as long as I can, I can't tell her to do something. I can't ask her to do something for the girls if it's just a colossal waste of time. So you have to take the angle of, oh, you can teach them all kinds of things through uh, VR, right? You right. can have them travel the world. Mm-hmm. It's educational. That's why I want them to have this. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm trying to you know figure out what World War II game I'm going to get and uh, you know how I can – you know, have a little fun myself, but yeah, very cool. I'm excited about Christmas. It's a great time of year. Um, anybody traveling? Yeah, yeah, Florida. Okay. Going to Florida, Florida. Yeah, okay. What's yeah. in Florida? My wife's family. Gotcha. That's nice. It's How, not Beach, Florida. It's Redneck. How freaking? Florida. Oh, it's like basically Panhandle, Florida. South, it's it's in Jasper, Florida. I'm not complaining south, about south Florida, about Alabama, baby. I'm not putting Texas down, but that's pretty nice. Having you know, in-laws live in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm rolling up to Kansas. We're going to Texas. You going to Texas? Mm-hmm. Just for a couple of days. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, now, are, are you, you know what Amy got you. Does anybody else get you something in the family? Mom and uh, my sister Kelly are also on the same stream, so they can see the okay. stuff I'm putting up so her, Kelly, and Amy can kind of coordinate. I think Kelly's a good gift giver. She's, She's just going to pick something on my list. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, let's go on, move on to the white flag. Yep. Let's go. White flag. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right, right there. White flag. Mike, you got the white flag. It's funny. I've got the white flag, and as I uh, open up this white flag, um, well, I don't actually. Where is the white flag? <laughs> he dropped the white flag on the track. I dropped My buddy Colin McGowan did that one what night is? at a, a racetrack. Um, I, you know what? It, it's pick on him all the time. We're, we're on the topic of gift giving. Uh, there is this other gift out here that you can get your loved ones or somebody in your life that you feel like needs to 
read about it. It's Dale Jr.'s Racing to the Finish. You can go to DaleJr.com, support slash book, or wherever books are sold. And I'm not I'm not even kidding, guys. That's a that's a really good gift. Oh, Am yeah. I wrong? I mean, come on. You give somebody that book, give them a book. I got books that I, you know, if somebody gave me a book for Christmas, I would I would think that's a great gift. I've so. got a buddy of mine that's been struggling with some concussion stuff and, and struggling with it. And I purposely ordered it just to send to him. And by the way, hopefully we, he doesn't listen to this. We just had our <laughs> best month. Maybe this isn't too shocking, being that we're around the Christmas season. But we just had our best month of sales. Racing to the finish. Delgin.com forward slash book. Uh, and really, I just I, I want to spend the rest of this white flag just thanking our partners because this is our last show of 2018. What an incredible year it has been for. Not just the Dell Jr. download, but with Dirty Mo Media. I've got to throw Exalta right there at the top of that. Uh, oh, yeah. Exalta makes this thing happen. They're the Exalta studio that they have. Uh, they bought in three years ago with us, and have we've had a tremendous year. We've got Matthew on board. This has been a good uh, a year with Matthew on our team. We just hired Leah Vaughn at social media uh, for the Dell Jr. brand team. So this is. I, I, I'm grateful for Exalta. I'm grateful for Chevrolet and Nationwide. Pristine Auction has really kind of bought in. So thank you to all of you. Merry Christmas for that. This is and, like and, a Christmas speech. Well, I, this is incredible. And this it's is inspiring. our last one. Is way, way, Griswold. Way to completely crap on the moment too, Jonah. <laughs> well done. Um, but Doesn't thank, edit you. Th- thank you everybody for that, and uh, I hope everyone has an enjoyable holiday season. I'd like to add quickly. We weren't planning to do a December edition of the podcast. I'm glad we did. Jeff was a great, oh. uh, gracious host or uh, guest on the on the show. We are going to have a January edition similar to this one, and uh, we don't have the host chosen just yet. Well, we got the host chosen, not or not the guest. The guest I'm sorry, <laughs> I keep saying host. I hope that you something you got to tell yeah, us. Yeah, har har har, har har Throw back to fourth grade. <laughs> Damn it! I'm just letting people. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> that we're going to have another show in January, and this one will have to do for for December. Yeah, but we miss I miss doing it every week, and it's got me excited though about next season. It has been a great uh, year so far, and and the production on this show has been incredible all year. Uh, it's it's showed up in our in our in our listeners. We've doubled um, pretty much our listener count, and um, with with. Leah coming on, uh, all the social media push that we're going to be able to do going forward is going to be incredible for us. So it's awesome. Appreciate it, everybody, and, and have fun. Everybody enjoy uh, their Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Merry Year. Christmas, guys. See you. Arr, arr, arr. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.